Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Genesis, the Old Testament first book of the Bible, not the oldest book, but the first book of the Bible, chapter 8 and verse 20 through 22. I'm dealing with a series called It's a New Season. I am confident that tonight's message or this moment has been archived in heaven and I'm supposed to share with you what I'm about to share. I believe the Holy Ghost has confirmed it in my soul. Uh, He's spoken in my spirit. And then it was confirmed maybe two seconds later with something that I heard. And I don't believe it was a coincidence that we would be sharing this tonight. It was confirmed by the Holy Spirit. So I really would pray that you would be attentive to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches and stay connected. The Old Testament book of Genesis chapter 8 and verse 20 and the word of the Lord reads like this. Then Noah built an ark. I'm sorry, an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. And the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of man. Or even though, even though every inclination of his heart is evil from his childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. Verse 22, as long as the earth endures or remains. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Can believers say amen? Verse 22, uh, verse 22, I read it again. As long as the earth remains or endures, see time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. From the subject tonight, seed time and harvest. Father, I give you praise for these uh, messages under the umbrella of a new season. Thank you for the power residing in the seed. And I give you glory that it is a season for greater. I thank you that you're the God of the firstborn and that the curse is broken. Help me to articulate the power of the moment that this law of reciprocity will never, ever end. And help me to articulate this law that still abides. It will never cease. I give you praise that we're not bound by the Mosaic law, but the law of seed time and harvest will never cease. I bless you and I praise you for clarity of thought and mind. Give us ears to hear, a mind to comprehend, hearts to receive, and a spirit to contain the word of God. Let there be no leakage. Let there be no foul to take out the seed. Thank you for cultivating the heart so the seed would fall 
on good ground. And we give you glory for the good harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. I love this passage. Uh, I love uh, the word of God as it relates to seed time and harvest. And I want to share with you, I believe this is a season that we are in right now, seed time and harvest. And I think one of the things that I've shared before, if you're going to maximize the season, you need to know what season you're in. And then you can operate successfully within the confines of that season. This season uh, of seed time and harvest is a perpetual season that doesn't come and go. But you need to know it's a time. Holy Spirit is highlighting it so we will get an understanding and stop sowing into natural things and into physical things. But sow into your purpose. Sow into the things that matter and watch harvest come forth in your life. The scripture is clear out of... Uh, uh, Genesis 8 and 22, while the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not, shall never cease. The law of seed time and harvest. Another word for law is principle. The principle of seed time and harvest. How would you like to uh, always get your prayers answered? How many of you would like to always get your prayers answered? Amen. You can say amen or wave your hands in the air like you just don't care. And if you don't want to wave your, wave your hands, then say amen. How would you like to always get your prayers answered? Amen. Glory to God. Uh, God's word is like seed. It's like seed and light. It's like seed and your heart is like the harvest or the ground. So the word is like the seed and your heart is like the ground that we sow the seed in. So we're not calling anyone dirt. What we're saying is you got to see the symbols here. The word is the seed. Your heart is the ground. How cultivated is your heart? Are you prepared for the word? Is it hard? Does the heart need to be tilled? Are you focused? Are you paying attention? Don't let this seed, which is God's word, fall on stony ground. Make sure the ground is ready and prepared to receive the engrafted, pure, unadulterated, perfect seed of God's word. This law, the law of seed time and harvest, this law guarantees that you can possess every promise in the Bible. I'm going to go bold with that. Listen to what I say. This law guarantees that you can possess every promise that God has given you in the word. This is good news for me because a lot of times we haven't worked the law. We haven't worked the principles and we wonder why we don't see the success that we need to see. So my att attempt tonight is to make sure that everybody gets the uh, understanding of how the law works. This law of seed time and harvest. And then so you can function in it or practice it so you can 
get the guarantee, satisfaction guaranteed over your life, you can enter into if you work this law of seed time and harvest. The law reveals how God's kingdom works, how his kingdom never ends, how his kingdom operates. Uh, one of the things that happens when you go on a new job, they always try to take you through orientation. Even in the ministry, we have what we call new members orientation. Why are we giving you an orientation? We want you to get an understanding of what you're getting involved in when you uh, join the ministry. There should be some type of orientation, some type of premarital counseling before you jump into a marriage. I'm not talking about just love and you doing it. You need to sit down with someone and let them go over some principles that you're going to need to know and function in if you're going to unite your life with someone else. Well, there's a lot of people that move because they feel loved. I got the feeling, baby, baby, I got the feeling. Well, that feeling ain't going to last forever. You need to have principles that you can function in and so you can know what you're dealing with and know the ways of the kingdom of how the kingdom of marriage works. It's the same way in the kingdom of God. When you learn how the kingdom operates, you can function in it. So get oriented. Get oriented. Get acclimated to the instruction that's given so you can function at a higher level, a higher capacity, and do what God has called you to do. If you want to work in a higher level, you need to get oriented and stop being sluggish about knowing how to operate or the very law that helps, law revealed to help you to operate in the kingdom with more efficiency, effectiveness, and excellence. When you understand it, you will experience great confidence. When you understand how the kingdom operates or how a job operates, then you can function with confidence. You're not walking around timid and intimidated and waiting for people to affirm you. You're already affirmed. You know what you're doing. If I was hiring someone, I would want someone to come in that I don't have to train. That's why we went through the interviewing process so you can start functioning. Okay, we're going to do some things to help make sure that you're perfected and give you some, and give you some uh, uh, classes or whatever you need to do to enhance the gift. But we need to know that you're ready to function in it. And when you know how something operates, you will move with a greater confidence. Confidence can be motivating. Uh, it also gives you confidence can be influential. When a person has confidence, other people will follow them. Uh, if, 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 uh, if you walked up to this uh, ministry, I wasn't here, and you say, Bishop told me to come up and, uh, you know, to uh, let you all know that he's late, but he's about a mile down the road, and he wants me to tell you all to follow him, follow me, and I'm going to take you to where he is. He's down there by Circle K, but you got to follow me. If the person came and said something like, um, I don't really know if y'all know me and, uh, you know, but he, you know, he sent me and I don't want really want, don't really want to step on, on anyone's toes. And, you know, I want to make sure every, okay, ladies, I just want to make sure everybody's all right. And, you know, and that person was acting like they didn't know what they were talking about. Nobody will follow them. And if they did, and I found out about it, <laughs> I would really want to know why are you working with me? Because you shouldn't follow anybody that doesn't have confidence. I'm not talking about cockiness. There should be some confidence. 
If one of the men or women in this church that you know is a part of the staff, you know that they've been proven, they come and say, listen, everybody, something happened. I need you all to understand. Our bishop sent me. This is what's going on. Let's go. Okay, that confidence is going to inspire others to move forward. Glory to God. And when you have, uh, when you have an understanding of how the kingdom operates, you'll move with more confidence. You'll come before God. Asking him for the things that he promised with confidence, being confident, being confident, being confident, being confident of this very thing. He who has begun a good work is faithful to complete the work. Glory to God. And I know that God, the Holy Ghost, wants us to understand the law. And I'm going to deal with this for a few weeks. The law of seed time and harvest. When you operate in this law, you will eat the fruit, the ripened harvest of God's word. When you operate in this law, you will eat the fruit. The, you will get the ripened, the, the ripened harvest of God's word. And I'm tired of eating straw. I need something that's going to put strength in my body. I need something that's going to fuel my spirit and what he's calling me to do. And when I start operating in this law, I'm going to actually eat the ripened harvest that comes from the word of God. When you stand on this principle in scripture, when you stand on the word, stand therefore. Glory to God. I got a lot of stuff going on. But stand therefore. I got principalities and powers and rulers all over, all around me, flying all around, principalities on my shoulders, powers trying to shackle me down, rulers in darkness trying to destroy my life, wickedness in high places trying to control the nation. But when I stand therefore on the word of God, glory to God, when I stand on the word, I can operate and function according to the will of God in confidence. Glory to God. Some will come, some will, will move on, but I can stand on his word. Standing on the word of God is so essential today. When you stand on this principle in the scripture, you will develop an enduring and an attraction to God's word. An, an enduring, an endearing and an attraction to the word of God. In other words, when you stand on the law of reciprocity or the law of seed time and harvest, you'll start loving there will be an endearing to scriptures. You learn this one, you'll start loving the word in verses like it's wearisome toil to study the word. You'll be like, I got to get in there. You know why? Because there's a benefit when I get in there, when I get some of this, when I just like I'm pumping weight, when I pump and exercise the faith muscle, it's going to strengthen me in some way. There's a benefit. Every time you give God a little bit of your time, you can shout in advance. I don't have to wait until the battle is over. I can shout right now. And when you stand on this principle in scripture, you will develop an endearing, an attraction to God's word and to God's will. You know, if you're attracted to something, it's easier for you to comply. God knows that. Get this law, he will give you an endearing an attraction to his will. Instead of fighting with his will, you'll be easily bent, flexible, supple in the hand of the Lord. Easy, flexible, easily bent, not stiff when it comes to God. God, submit. 
Submit. I used to preach submit. This lady was in the chair every time I say the word submit. Woo! Scream out like, woo, Jesus. No wonder you're not here because we all submit to the word of God. When the harvest comes, you will have great joy. Glory to God. Um, let me decree and, and declare it. You get this law, the promises are going to be yea and amen and applicable in your life. You will access the promise. And then when the harvest comes, great joy will follow. One of the reasons why believers aren't fascinated with God and they just kind of take it and leave it, they don't have no harvest. You get the harvest, you're going to be coming to church early. <laughs> Glory to God. Get to church early. I can't wait until worship starts. Ooh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, you blew my mind. Great joy comes when the harvest shows up. Father will be glorified and all will know that you're a better person. That you're in the will of God. Some kind of way, goodness and mercy is following you all of the days of your life. As you dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's talk about the law that stands today. First thing first. The first thing Noah did when he debarked. When he got out of the ark. After the flood. The first thing he did was to build an altar. Why is that important for us today? Well, a, a pandemic is like a flood. It's like a flood of sorrow. It's like many waters of trouble. It's like not knowing can you go or come. And we're so easy to forget the struggle and start losing sight of what we just came out of when a stimulus comes in. But the first thing Noah did is not sit there and say, now it's time for me to shop until I drop what I need to do is build God an altar I can't get no help I hear nobody in cyberspace saying amen bishop preach I'm inclining my ear to hear you all in cyber say amen first thing Noah did is say after his pandemic that destroyed humanity he built in altar and made a sacrifice this is what we miss how do you relate to God when he makes you overcome or helps you to overcome trials and traumas you catch COVID but it didn't kill you and you're looking at all of these graves what, how, how, what, what do we do with that what in the world do we do with that I've lowered so many people in the ground from the flood that we came through. First thing Noah does is build an altar unto the Lord. I heard the Lord say to me years ago, where is my altar? Well, many of you will point right here. The altar is the highest point we can go as it relates to connecting with God. And it is the lowest point that God comes when it comes to meeting with us. In other words, I'm too sinful to make it to you and you're too holy to come down to me. But he says, I'll meet you at the altar. 
Good God. This is the meeting place. And, and what Noah said is, I thank you for bringing me through. You saved my family. You saved my children. You saved all of these animals. You helped me to get through this. I see a future ahead of us. And I think I need to do something. I've never seen it before, but I need to do something right now. Let me build an altar under you and sacrifice unto you. Glory to God. I got to give God something. And we're missing that in this generation. We're missing it in this generation. We got to give ourselves something. You know, I'm tired. I'm tired. Ooh, I'm so tired. Ooh, I'm so tired. Well, what about God? What about how we relate to God? What happens with our seed time and harvest when you start make, putting God in the mix? There's some things that you'll think about before you make a move. When God is not in the mix with your seed. He won't be in the mix in your harvest or in your days of abundance. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. A lot of times while people can take it or leave it as it relates to the Lord, you check them out and say, how much do you give to God? What? Ask your young people, how much did you sow since you've been working? What? One of the reasons why idolatry is huge with this generation is because there's no seed in the ground. Glory to God. Glory to God. I remember years ago, my parents sowing seeds. Sowing seeds. A lot of times we give kids money, but there is no, how do you spend it? When did you remember God? <laughs> we just, they're just going after stuff. They have so many temptations today as it relates to pulling their money away because if you got Jordans in you, your own. If you got Nikes and Adidas in your match, your own. But that means nothing to God. What about seed time and harvest? It will never cease. This is a law. If you get this law, the promises of God will come. They will, they will manifest in your life in every generation. Hallelujah. So Noah built an altar, sacrificed unto the Lord. They'd been in that ark for weeks. No land in sight. And God just helped them to succeed. The waters receded and they were able to come off of the ark to debark. And the animals followed them. No animal should lead us. No animal should get off before us. No animal, they, no animal should lead us into anything new. And what's happening right now, the animalistic is leading. Versus the principle leading. We let the animals tell us. We got little puppies. What do you want now? You want some candy? You want this? And the puppy. And we hear what the dog's saying. Bow wow yo yippee yay yippee yee type. What we need to do is get our heads together. And let the word guide us. Versus an animalistic. Noah goes on to build an altar unto the Lord. And to present. An offering to God. Notice, first thing he did. Let me get a seed in the ground. Let me, off, let me relate to God first. It's amazing to me. People say, well, you know what? I know God. But do you read the scriptures to find out his principles or his ways? You want to be like Noah? You want to save your house? Follow what he does. Everything he does isn't right. But there are principles that's in the word of God that we can align ourselves with. God was so pleased, notice, it wasn't like the Holy Spirit came to him and told him to do this. He was so pleased with the man's heart. If you read the text, you'll see. 
He was so pleased with the man's heart, he shifted and started making some promises. So I'll go back to the text. It said the Lord smelled. This is verse 21 of of Exodus, uh, Genesis chapter eight. And the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, God said in his heart. Listen, when I saw and smell what Noah did at the altar. He moved in such a way it pleased me. He said, I will never again curse the ground because of man. It caused God to repent, even though every inclination of his heart is evil. From his youth, from his childhood. Think about that. God, a lot of people like to throw babies up to God. God said, even from the childhood, if they don't know me. Everything that comes out of them seems to be a little what? Evil. And all it means is you're living without God. Take the word evil and flip it. Flip it. It's live. Oh, I got to live my life. I'm coming into my truth. Anytime you do that without God's principle, it turns to evil in the sight of God. The Bible says, then he says, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. And he went in to establish a law as long as the earth remains. He was so serious about Noah pleasing him. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. What is he doing? He's given him the law for his success. The law for his success. Thank you, Lord. Noah built that ark. God was pleased. One of the promises that God gave him at this time was the law of seed time and harvest. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, it will never cease. And this concept of seed time and harvest is as certain as the summer or the spring that we've just entered into and the summer that will follow. How many of you are confident that we're in springtime? And how many of you believe in a few months we're going to enter, leave springtime and it's going to be real hot in Florida? Nobody's putting on buying coats right now because I got to, you know, summer's coming. Summer's coming. I got to get me a thick wool coat so I can be ready for summer. You know what people are saying? I got to trim up now. I want to go to the beach. I need to buff it up. You know why? Because summer is coming. And this law is so powerful that it's just as powerful as the ground we're standing on or the seats we're sitting on and the weather or the seasons we're about to enter into or the seasons that we're in right now. It's just as sure as day is as day and night is. Last night, I just stepped out and looked at the moon, and it was full. It was a full moon, but it was really shining bright. And I just stood there and looked up in the heavens and said, Thank you, Lord, for this moonlight. Thank you for the night shift. Thank you, Lord. Y'all know me, don't you? <laughs> Thank you, Commodores, for the night shift. Yeah, I saw the moon. It was full, man. It was like, wow, a man actually walked on that. 
In the 60s, the technology was so powerful. The technology that took us to the moon is less than the technology you have in your phone. And it got us to the moon. What do you think we can do now? Well, they have a rover on Mars. A helicopter just flew on Mars. And we want to go way back in God. No, you got to get the principle. It is the law of seed time and harvest that we need to grasp. This concept this of seed time and harvest is sure as the summer, as the winter, as day and night, as cold and heat, as the ground that you're standing on. I decree it's holy ground. Write it down if you're taking notes. When God created the first living thing, he created it with a capacity to multiply. When God created the first living thing, he gave it the ability to grow. Now I want you to think about the power of God and the vision of God. He created the first things that he created. He gave it the power to expand, to grow and to multiply. How did he do, how did he do that? He implemented a principle called sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. The power for the reaping is in the seed that you're sowing. If you learn that there's power in the sowing, it's all around you. If you've ever planted anything, you know what I'm talking about. Every time we go to uh, Publix or Winn-Dixie down here or Walmart or wherever you do your shopping, especially for vegetables, you got to understand somebody understood this principle. It didn't just happen because someone was blinking. You got to have faith and then put faith with action. Action with the faith. So when God created the first living thing, he gave it the power, the ability to grow and expand. To multiply. Life begins with this principle. Not only in the plant world, not only in agriculture, but also in our lives, every baby started with a seed. And that seed had the capacity to multiply. And since our birth, since the time in which we came from our mother's wombs, our mother's womb, we've been living by this same principle. Thank you, Lord. And you always hear me say, we're birthed through our mother's womb, but we're called to our father's seed. The matrix is the woman but the seed planted came from father. The Bible says we should honor fathers, not because they were perfect, but because they gave us life. Harvest springs from the ground. Good or bad. Harvest springs from the ground. Good or bad seed. The seed that's sown will produce a harvest. You may not even be consciously, consciously aware that what you sow is going to come back in harvest form. But it is true. Be, it, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Be not deceived. If you want to change your harvest, you must plant New seed. You heard me say it years ago that the best time to sow a good seed is 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. 
Right now, Holy Ghost is saying, it's time for this ministry and those who are under the sound of my voice to understand seed time and harvest. If you want to change what's coming at you, you must start laying down systematically new seed. So this stuff won't start coming back to you, eating you up. Glory to God. I'm going to change my season next year because I'm planting some seed. And anytime a harvest comes to me that I know is not attached to the seed I sow, I reject that harvest. And there's some things that you need to start saying at your door. You will not come in here anymore. I'm not going to eat straw. I planted wheat. I need some wheat to come back to me. Glory to God. I don't mistreat people. Then how are you going to mistreat me? Glory to God. Well, I'm preaching better than you're saying. <clears throat> Amen, lights. Amen, chairs. Amen, cameras. Amen, people of God. <laughs> Life begins with this principle. Harvest, springs, from the good or bad seed you sow, whether it is not, whether it is, was intentional or not, the harvest comes from seed. Now, what are you saying? There are people who sow good seed and bad things happen to them. Absolutely. Because the Bible says the blessing rain upon the just as well as the unjust. That means people get good things to happen for them and they didn't sow anything good at all. And things happen to believers that they didn't deserve. God put it in the mix to help develop us. The principle continues today. You want to overcome life's problems if you want to reach your full potential in life. If you want to see your life become fruitful, if you want to multiply, you want to see it manifest in health and in finance, in spiritual renewal. What is the harvest you want? Do you want your family to be, remain protected and intact? You want God to start working out problems in your life. You want to reach again your full potential in this life. You want to see yourself grow up the corporate ladder on the job. If you want your entire being, everything that you influence to grow. Determined to follow God's law of seed time and harvest. You don't like the harvest? Say tonight, I'm going to start planting new seed. Glory to God. And before you go to money, I haven't even talked about money. It's a principle. Glory to God. And so in other words, if you want kindness to come back to you, you can't curse. You got to learn how to speak kind. Glory to God. If you want love to come back, you got to start bowling with the bowling ball of love. You get to strike. You'll knock down all pins if you bowl with the bowling ball of love. And guess what? And those pins will bounce back again. Woo, Jesus. Knock me down again. Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. They'll bounce right back again. If you bowl with the bowling ball of love, even the things you knock down with love will pop back up again. So sow the seed of God's promise in the soil of your heart. 
or in the soil of your need. Let me say again, sow the seed of God's promise in the soil of your heart or in the soil of your need. Where's the need? I'm going to sow God's seed in the soil of that need. I'm going to sow God's word in the soil, the promise of God in the soil of that need. That's going to require some work on my end. It's going to require some work. I like the Bible. It always uses allegories and it uses the allegory of agriculture, which many of us in this world, uh, especially in this generation, we don't want to get our hands dirty. People, the descendants of slaves, I'm not picking no cut. What? Growing to growing what? Oh, that's what we used to do. But we missed something. We missed something. We missed something. Actually, uh, I believe God is going to use the Africans, the sons of slaves that understand this law. If you sow, there's a harvest that's coming to you. And there's some things we can talk about that nobody on the face of the earth can talk about. Because you don't have the teaching, you don't have the understanding, nor the work ethic to come behind it. And for years, my father was raised on a farm, not quite a farm. It was like, almost like a plantation. <laughs> um, it wasn't here. Let me put it this way. Sharecropper. You didn't own it, really. Somebody else owned it. I think my dad said his grandfather, they owned like 500 acres of land, but it was taken from them. Everybody talking about what they got. These, this, listen, five hundred acres not paid for and I can probably go to many people in the south every time you ride from Miami get on uh, 95 or uh, 75 hit interstate 10 and start going west all of that land is owned by somebody nine hours Pensacola 12 hours, you're moving into Texas. All that land from your right and left and for miles on each end, somebody has the deed to it. What do you own? And what happens is a lot of that land was taken from owners. Wasn't even paid for. Just taken. And so many of us never even want to talk about farming because it's a reminder of the wearisome toil of what was snatched away from us. That's why I preach a holistic gospel. Don't tell me to get Jesus and you're taking away my land. God wants me to have the land and Christ. He wants me to have Jesus and prosperity. Thank you, Lord. But that seed time, that agriculture thing is so important. Planting seeds and then waiting on the harvest. Planting seeds and then waiting on the, waiting on the harvest. This generation doesn't know anything uh, about the benefit of that. Neither do we have the experience of that. Because we don't work, a lot of us don't work in agriculture. Proverbs 13 and 23. Proverbs 13 and 23 reads like this. Much food is in the fallow, fallow ground of the poor. Look at the word. And for lack of justice, there is waste. God is saying that even the poor, if they knew what was under their feet. The opportunities. If you just thought right. 
Instead of saying, I got a stimulus and I'm heading to Dillard's or I'm heading to Macy's. If the poor said, you know what? I got a stimulus, but this is what I'm going to do. Whoa. First things first, I need to sow a seed. <laughs> Look at the word. It says food is in the fallow ground of the poor. It just hasn't manifested yet. But it's there. Got to change that mentality, though. We got to change that mentality. We're not just consumers. We are sowers. A consumer eats up the seed, but a sower deposits sums for the future. Consider the ant, O slugger, who doesn't eat everything when it's plenty, but he stores it away. And for the lack of justice, there is waste. In other words, because nobody is talking about it, a lot is being wasted in the land. Or because we don't understand delayed gratification, there's waste in the land. I want you to remember that passage. It's going to bless you. It's something that I've committed to memory because it spoke volumes to me. It still speaks volumes to me. That there is riches, hallelujah, food. Is in the fallow ground, undeveloped ground of the poor. Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 3, another passage. Very powerful, thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem. Since there's food, Solomon said there's food in the fallow ground of the poor. Notice what Jeremiah says. After Solomon is long gone. Break up your fallow ground. Thank you, God. Regardless of your economic status, we got to change the soil. We got to break the ground so what's in it can produce. Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Do not sow among things that will choke out your seed. Be careful in how you spend and how you deal with seed. Be careful, little hands, how you flow. Be careful, hearts, how you rotate. Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Look at verse 4. Circumcise yourselves to God. Notice, he says, what I don't want you to do. Don't uh, break up your fallow ground, don't sow among thorns. Then he says, I need you to look deep inside your own heart. If you're going to break up your fallow ground, now deal with your heart because your ground is like your heart. The seed is like the word. So break up the fallow ground of your heart so we can start planting seed there and you'll see a harvest come forth. Then he says, circumcise yourselves. This is a painful process. To the Lord and take away the foreskins. Of your heart, which will make the heart hardened. You men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because of you living without my principles. It is evil because of the evil. Of your doings. So the scripture says, whatever the heart condition is will manifest in how we function. So break up the fallow ground of your heart and do not sow 
among thorns. And then in Hosea chapter 10, we're almost done in verse 12. So I want you to remember Proverbs is right there. Proverbs 13 and 23. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor. The lack of justice, there is waste. Jeremiah 3, I'm sorry, 4, verses 3 and 4. Break up the fallow ground, do not sow among thorns. Circumcise your heart, take away the foreskins of your heart. Lest my fire burn because of the evil of your doings. And then Jose, very powerful passage here. And verse 12 and 13, sow for yourselves righteousness. Sow for yourselves. It's not just money, but I'm going to sow rightness. The way I think, what I do. Sow for yourself righteousness. Reap. If you sow righteousness, look at the word. You will reap what? Mercy. Everybody wants mercy. But are you sowing righteousness? This is the harvest of sowing righteousness is when you need mercy, you'll get it. Mean, hateful people, self-centered, will not get the mercy they need when they're in trouble. Soul for yourselves. This is you. You can be um, self-centered here. <laughs> Soul righteousness, you will reap mercy for yourself. And for your families. Look at the word. Break up. Here's again. Your fallow ground. Talking about the heart sore. Break up the fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. Till he comes and rain what? Righteousness on you. So he says. Sow for yourself righteousness. And in due season. He will rain righteousness on you. It will be a flood of righteousness. Glory to God. He will even impart righteousness to you. I like verse 13. This is powerful. You have plowed wickedness. Look at that. You're sowing wickedness. You will reap iniquity. This is what happens. You can eat the fruit of lies. But people say, well, I'm not, in, I'm not a part of sowing and reaping as it relates to righteousness. Believe me, this law will remain. Whether you agree with it or not, it's gonna, you're dealing with the law. You can plow wickedness or sow in the seed of wickedness. You can reap iniquity, and then you will eat the fruit of a lie. Scripture says the fruit of that is, when you eat the fruit of a lie, you'll believe lies versus believing the truth. Truth can be looking right there, ah, got to be false. That's the fruit of eating lies. Because you trust in your own ways, in the multitude of your mighty men. Look at bank accounts, what you have and stuff like that, which is really where America is right now. Looking at the stock market. Okay, okay, we got low taxes, we're good. Low unemployment, we're good. But you're trusting in your mighty men. You're being driven by a power that you don't, that is not healthy. Thank you, Lord. Everybody want to take, but not a lot of people want to give. And God wants us to give just a little bit more. Thank you, Lord. Just give a little bit more. Break up your follow ground. It's the hardest work ever to break up the follow ground. To break it up. Some people are using old tools, but they want a new harvest. 
old outdated tools, but you want a new harvest. I'm breaking it up. You know, you know, Lord know my heart. You know, you got to crack the soil of your soul. I want to change. I want you doing the same thing you've always done. That means the heart has never been broken. You got to break it up. Break it up. It's hardest work for the inexperienced. They'll try to use. They'll try to use small tools, old outdated tools to get big jobs done and then wonder why there's no quick turnaround. But when the soil is broken up properly, it looks great. The soil becomes like um, sand. The dirt is like sand, like flour in your hands. It just put, you put it in your hand and it just falls out. That's the kind of soil that we need. Pliable. If I were to stick my hand in your heart and touch the heart soil, is it hard like that? Or can I reach into it, in it to where my elbow goes all the way in it and I pull it out, bring it out of your heart like this and it starts falling out of my hand? That's the kind of hard soil. You got to give God something that he can feel. You got to lay it out until he starts working with that thing, man. Until God starts working with it. Well, you say, Bishop, I'm not the way I used to be. It still may not be good enough. If you're not seeing the right harvest, we need to break it up a little bit more. When the soil is broken up, you start looking different. When the heart is pliable, you'll look different. Sow the seed of his promise in the soil of your need or in the soul of your heart. Heart. And a heart that's the broken up or the follow ground is broken up and you can dance in advance because God will answer your need. Supply your need all of, uh, according to his riches and glory. He will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When the ground is tilled, you can select the kind of harvest you want. Just like farmers do. They select the harvest they want. They don't plant cucumbers and expect apples. Do you not know that God wants us to be just as wise with what we plant and determine the kind of harvest we want? You mean to tell me I can plant a certain seed in my heart and expect the harvest of that seed to come out? Absolutely. With the ground is tilled, you can select what kind of Harvest you want to grow. You want to grow corn in the natural? You plant corn seed. What about greens? Plant greens, whether they're turnips or collards. What about green beans? Well, we need to see the green bean seed. You want tomatoes to grow? Then we need to plant tomatoes, tomatoes. If you want cucumbers to grow or squash to grow, lettuce to grow, we need the seed of the lettuce and other things. You can determine what you want to see in the harvest by being selective with the kind of seed you sow. So if you want corn, you plant corn. You want greens, you plant green beans. Plant it and you'll get it. And if you want love, Plant love. Say, watch this. If you want to show more love, then plant that seed of desire. A lot of people want love, but they don't know how to plant love. <laughs> they want to receive love, but they don't know how to plant. How does the love seed look? 
What about the seat of trust? What if you don't trust nobody? Front door got uh, Zoom, not Zoom, what do they call it? Ring. Uh, every room got a camera. You're always looking suspicious about everything. You think that's, uh, that's protection, but what happens is you don't trust. And so what you want to do is so trust, not distrust. With trust comes confidence that when I get back, things will be the same. It's not cocky, but I trust enough that when I get back, I'm not losing my sleep over that. When I get back, the harvest of my trust, will be, but the, the seed of my trust will produce a harvest of tranquility. Thank you, God. I'm sowing the seed of law uh, as I preach the law of seed time and harvest because I believe the law of seed time and harvest is going to grow into a harvest of action and activity. In other words, the people that get this, when this gets down in their soul, they're going to be careful about what comes out of your mouth. They're going to be careful about who they associate with. They're going to be careful about desiring something that, that, that's not going to produce or getting involved in things that can't produce anything anyway. When you turn 50, you realize you got less time ahead than you do behind and you need to make sure every day counts. You want to make sure every moment counts as I close the first principle of seed time and harvest is this this is the first principle of seed time and harvest write it down you get what you plant or sow and I'll pick it up again next week you get what you plant or what you sow we're talking about the harvest we're not talking about just some activity or something that happens personally. The harvest is a lifetime benefit. And you will get what you plant or what you sow. And I want to encourage you to start planting good seed. Look at the seed. Even when you sow into a ministry, assign the seed. Write down some God. I'm expecting this according to the word of God. Or I'm expecting that according to your word. The promises of God are yea and amen. I'm sowing this seed. I'm assigning it to this promise. Sow your seed into the heart of your need. The soil of your need. Sow the promise of God into the soil of your need. First law of reciprocity. Seed time and harvest. You get what you plant or what you sow. This should motivate us all to plant new seed. Glory to God. One of the things that I've always tried to do is to sow the seed of mercy. The seed of mercy. In other words, when somebody messes up real bad, I try to sow the seed of mercy. In other words, I'm not going to just hold you to what happened. I'm going to try to show you that I can forgive. And in that, God gives me mercy. I need a harvest of mercy. So how can I expect him to give me mercy? But I grab the people that owe me by the neck and tell them how much they owe 
I have to sow the seed of mercy to get the heart of mercy. You want to be more like Jesus, the, go, the, the closer you become to him or the closer you get to him, the more you begin to realize, man, Jesus was special. To take on the sins of the world and not hold any charge, no charge, just accept my work as payment for all that you've done. Sell out and I'll give you treasures in heaven. Come and follow me. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As I'm watching people leave this earth at an alarming rate, I'm beginning to understand that while here we need to maximize our time because once we're gone, it takes about three weeks and they'll stop calling your name. About three weeks. So we want to make sure that while here, you don't do what people want you to do. You do what God wants you to do. Sow the seed. Change your harvest. Change the atmosphere. And it will grow. Father, I give you praise for this moment and I thank you for this teaching. I feel released. Thank you, Lord, for the download and you confirmed in my soul that I am to teach this tonight. Thank you for the new season and the new day. And I give you praise for this time. I'm asking you to touch every heart and soul and those that may be confused about the harvest. Let us not get entangled with the kind of harvest we're receiving right now. Let us focus on the new. That as we start sowing and assigning seed, we can expect a new harvest. Every farmer sows in hope of the next year. Let us sow in hope of a bountiful harvest in our future. And I thank you, God, every opportunity that we have to sow something good. Whether it is word, whether it is a word or assistance physically or financial support. Or just being a friend, Father. Let us be a good friend. Let us sow the seed of friendship so we can expect the abundance of community. I bless you and I thank you for the word. I praise you, Lord, that in every one of our ministries, the international ministries of this church, that we would start thinking about what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose soul. Or be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, that will he also reap. And as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. Thank you for that principle, Lord. That life, that life principle. Let us activate it, not tomorrow, but right now. And we will give you praise for the harvest in advance. In Christ's name, in Jesus' name. It has been a real joy to share the Word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you at the word of truth revealed.